the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, December the 20th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1803, the Louisiana Purchase was completed. Ownership was formally transferred from France to the United States. That was a good deal. Today in 1860, South Carolina became the first state to secede from the Union. Today in 1864, Confederate forces evacuated Savannah, Georgia. Union Major General Sherman, he nearly completed his march to the sea. Today in uh, 1924, Adolf Hitler was released from prison. He served nine months in his uh, role in the uh, for a, as punishment for his role in what became known as the Beer Hall Putts. It was a big fight. It was a brawl in a tavern. <clears throat> While he was in prison, he wrote his thoughts and his vision for what he wanted to make the world look like. And um, that became kind of a famous Mein Kemp, kind of a famous statement on behalf of Hitler. And he was able to carry that out to a large degree, as we know, but he ultimately failed. But he was released from prison with his thoughts written down today in 1924. Today in 1946, the film It's a Wonderful Life, starring James Stewart and Donna Reed, had a preview showing for charity in New York a day before its official world premiere. How many millions of people watch It's a Wonderful Life every year around Christmas time? A lot do. Today, 1963, the Berlin Wall was opened for the first time to West Berliners. One day, they could visit family and relatives because of Christmas and the Christmas season. Today, in 1999, the Vermont Supreme Court ruled that homosexual couples were entitled to the same benefits and protections as wedded heterosexual couples. No difference. It's all the same. It's called equity. Today, in 2005, a federal judge ruled that intelligent design could not be even mentioned in a biology class or any biology classes in Pennsylvania public schools, delivered a stinging setback on the Dover area school board who had wanted to get the court to side with them that it could be. If education is to be what it's supposed to be, then why can't we look at all sides of what's being presented? The left does not operate that way. They silence the things that they disagree with and try to erase or eliminate or cancel from the conversation and from the culture. We'll be talking a little bit more about that today. Those of you who listen regularly know that I was without notice off Thursday and Friday of this last week. We This program originates live every morning, as you know, at 9 o'clock on the ACN stations. Some of you listen to it a little bit delay, an hour delay or a couple of hours delay depending on where you, where you live. But um, 
Normally, I tell you in advance that I'm going to be off. In fact, I had already planned to take off the week next week between Christmas and New Year. I, I haven't taken a break. You won't. I hope you won't fire me over this, but <clears throat> I haven't taken any time off for a long time. And those of you who listen, you know, you know, I haven't. I got to take a week off and just kind of reset and and um, get ready for a new year and, and to give give it our best sh- shot every day. But anyway, this Thursday and Friday was not planned. And um, I got news uh, prior to Thursday and Friday, but I had to be gone because of uh, my brother passed away suddenly, um, unexpectedly, really. Um, he was in fairly good health. And um, some of you who live in Yakima know my brother, you knew him. Um, he and I were born and raised in Yakima, Marjorie and I uh, moved after we got married, and uh, he continued. He lived out his life there. Um, he had a uh, he had a speech impediment, and that kept him, or it caused him not to be able to do some of the things he had wanted to do in life. It was just an issue for him. But he loved the Lord with all of his heart. In fact, his grade point average. He graduated from um, Ellensburg. Central Washington University, he would mention to me, as he thought he needed to from time to time, that his GPA out of college was a little higher than mine was, and it was. So I didn't argue the point. I tried to change the subject when he would bring it up, but he lived a a life alone. He wanted to get married. He never did. That didn't work out for him. So he was never married. didn't, of course, have children of his own. And so it was left to me to uh, take care of all the details and uh, my family, our children, my son in particular. So that's why I was off Thursday and Friday. And uh, as I said, some of you who live in Yakon or in the church community, you knew my brother. And I just wanted you to know why we were off and uh, what the situation was. So thank you for your understanding, and I didn't mean to drop a couple of reruns on you there at the last minute, but I didn't have a choice, so we did. Now, we will be running some reruns next week. As I said, I need to just take a break and um, get restored. I think it's in everybody's best interest, including my own. But um, anyway, we'll be off next week, and then we'll be back on Monday uh, after New Year's Day, and we'll uh, go after some of the things that are happening in our nation from a biblical perspective. But thank you for understanding. And I take this program very seriously. Uh, We put a lot into it because I believe that you, our listeners, are worth it. And I want to give you my best effort every day. And even more importantly, I believe that the Lord spoke to me to do this program. And I want to give him the best effort that I have every day. I know some would argue that say, well, if, boy, if that's the best, you're not giving the Lord a very good deal. But anyway, we do the best we can every day and we give it to the Lord and to you. And I want to thank you for your support and your continuing support, even when we take a week off, because the end of the year is important, as you know. So thank you so much. And thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue 98009. As we approach Christmas, it is a um, time of the year when 
a lot is said and sung about peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. The critics, the naysayers, the people who see Christmas maybe as a holiday at best, but certainly nothing more than that, not the birth of the Savior of the, of the world, we hear the word peace sometimes analyzed by the doubters, the naysayers. They say, if Jesus Christ was indeed the Prince of Peace, where is the peace? <laughs> he failed. He didn't bring the peace. Those of us who know him personally, we know that that isn't the kind of peace he brought. It wasn't political peace. It certainly wasn't cultural peace because the culture in which Jesus himself lived when he God became flesh and dwelt among us was a very, um, it was rife with strife, as they say. It was a very stressful, a very uh, questionable time in history. The Roman Empire and all of this that was going on. But in that context, Paul the Apostle, who learned what real peace was about, he wrote to the Romans, and he said, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It's all a matter of what you believe. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God who came to earth as a baby in a manger, born to a virgin, grew up and gave his life on the cross, and was resurrected from the dead, then you are carnally minded in the sense that you look at the world through that personal worldview. But to those of us who have had an encounter with Jesus Christ, as Paul did, and millions and billions of people since then have, and hopefully you have, and if not, you must have. You must have. Life is uncertain. Don't miss that part of life. Accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's what allows us to understand what God's peace really is about. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Long before Paul became converted to Jesus Christ, to Christianity, the psalmist in Psalm 119 was writing, Great peace have they which love thy law, thy word, and nothing shall offend them. In other words, nothing shall overcome them if they understand and if they love the word of the Lord, the law in that case. And again in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, the Bible says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is Christianity in a nutshell. That's what it's all about, peace. So we look at our world today and we say, man, there's no peace out there. What happened? Jesus Christ came and he may have died on a cross, but wow, he failed. No peace. He said he was the Prince of Peace. We don't, we don't have any peace. All of us who know him are living in the peace that Jesus talked about and that the world gives at least passing knowledge of, but ultimately those who do not know him 
conclude there is no peace. But there is. There is. Speaking of losing loved ones, Republican State Senator Doug Erickson, those of you who live in Washington State knew him. Well, I knew him. He was a stalwart conservative voice in the Washington State Legislature, former leader of Donald Trump's presidential campaign in Washington State. His family announced Saturday that he has died. He was 52 years old. I want to talk to you just a little bit about that today, one, to make you aware of it. If you weren't, he was a strong, outspoken voice for conservatism in the state legislature. He was also an outspoken critic of Governor Inslee, particularly in regard to his vaccine mandates. But even now, as we speak, hours after his family announced his death, just hours, the press and other public personalities are trying to recast him as something he was not. They're trying to change his message. They're trying to change what he believed. And they're actually mocking his death. As of yesterday, his cause of death had not been made public, although it's, I think most who are familiar with the details know that he had contracted COVID while he was in Central America. I'll come back to that in a moment. But USA Today and other leftist news organizations appear to be mocking his death. And personalities are on social media saying things that I can't even repeat on this program about him because they disagreed with his beliefs. Sadly, we've gotten to that point in our culture. In a prepared statement, Erickson's wife, Tasha, and his two daughters said on Saturday, We're heartbroken to share that our husband and father passed away. Please keep our family in your prayers and thank you for continuing to respect our privacy in this extremely difficult time. But those on the left couldn't couldn't do that. They cannot respect their privacy. According to the statement, Erickson passed away on Friday. He certainly will be missed by conservatives in the state legislature and around the state. But unfortunately, the radical press just can't leave it alone. They can't find it within themselves to respect anyone's privacy that doesn't agree with them, even in the loss of a family member. While the cause of death was still not confirmed as yesterday, USA Today was all over this story. Michael Stern, a journalist with USA Today, began to appear, at least, to mock the death of Senator Erickson in that he had tested positive for coronavirus about a month ago while he was in El Salvador. El Salvador is kind of a hotbed for COVID, as you may know. Well, Central America is, as they flow across our southern border uninhibited except by governors who are doing the job of a president who is failing to do his job in protecting America. We'll talk about that soon again. But anyway, Erickson died COVID-19 is what the paper is saying, and perhaps he did. He was suffering from, he contracted it while he was in, in El Salvador. But what this Stern wrote, and it kind of set the stage for others to even be more aggressively uh, critical and mocking of the senator. What he said was, uh, Stern, he said, anti-vaxxer conservative Washington State Senator Doug Erickson 
misspelled his name, has died of COVID-19. On a brighter note, I'm making crispy Brussels sprouts and shrimp for dinner. That was his response from one of the most widely read newspapers in America, USA Today. But he wasn't alone in his mockery. Seattle's Sarah Smith, she's an activist, a socialist, failed candidate for Washington's 9th Congressional District. She referred to Washington State's version of she's called by some, not me, as Washington State's version of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, she probably holds some of the same beliefs, obviously does. She's hardly as skilled as Ocasio-Cortez, whom is not the queen of skill as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, she went off on social media when she learned that Senator Erickson had passed away. I can't even quote most of what she posted over the weekend, Saturday and yesterday, because of the inappropriate contact. But here's just a part of the tone. She said, Doug, this is what I can say, and the rest of it I'm not even going to touch. But she said, Doug Erickson was a blank anti-vaxxer who fought the voting system that got him elected and cavorted with authoritarians. I don't feel bad that he died. Then she went downhill from there. As of last night, Eric's vaccine status was still unknown. No one has reported that he was an anti-vaxxer in the sense that he refused to get a vaccine or he didn't believe in vaccines. In fact, finally this morning, Como News in Seattle is reporting that when they said this on, on Como News, when asked if he was vaccinated against coronavirus, Erickson had said to the press, you know, I think that's a personal decision for people to make in terms of vaccine and whether they want to reveal that or, and I'm not for vaccines or against vaccines. That's up to the individual to make that decision on their own. His position was that he wasn't for or against vaccines. I don't know if he was vaccinated or not, but I understand his position because that's my position. I don't think that the government or anybody else needs to be telling you whether you need to get a flu shot or a COVID shot or anything else. You have the freedom to do that, and that's what this man stood for in that regard. He simply said, I'm not anti-vax or for-vax. I'm not Dr. Fauci, and I'm not some person who doesn't believe in any kind of vaccinations. I believe in the freedom of choice. The side of the political side of the, of the, the left over the last several decades have championed the idea of choice, pro-choice. A woman and her doctor have a right and so to kill the unwanted baby and so on. But all of a sudden, when it comes down to reality, and so people say, yeah, I have a choice. Oh, no, you don't. We will attack you. We will try to cancel you. We will try to erase you if you don't follow the drumbeat of the left. Last month, Erickson wrote to his Republican colleagues asking if they could help him get treatment. He said he was in El Salvador at the time and had tested positive for coronavirus. He wrote, I took a trip to El Salvador and tested positive for COVID shortly after I arrived and I cannot get home. He was asking for help in getting an IV of, for Regeneron. He said he had a doctor in El Salvador who could administer it, but the product is not available here. Luann Van Werven from the same area, state legislator, She's been keeping people in that part of the state, some of whom are listening now, I know, 
she'd been keeping you posted on his progress, and it looked like he was making progress. He had been able to get to Florida on a flight and was getting some treatment there. But in the end, he passed away. The Seattle Times wrote a lengthy article about Doug, his career, and his policy beliefs. It's in the Seattle Times. For those of you who live in the area, you can read it there. It was yesterday, or you can find it online wherever you live. You can just see it. But the Times chronicles Erickson's fight against Inslee's policies. He had repeatedly asked Inslee to resign. And the Senate Majority Leader, Andy Billig, He's a Democrat from Spokane. He said that he got to know Erickson well over more than a decade of legislative service together. He called his death tragic. There are some with some sense of rightness. I don't support Billig, but I appreciate his comments. He said, well, we often disagreed, and they did. He said, I respected his long service to the community. Senator Reuben Carlisle, a Democrat from Seattle, He grew up with Erickson. He said, our policy battles were tough and difficult, but we respected one another's fierce devotion to serving the public and our communities. Our friendship found ways, he said, to rise above political differences. That's a rare statement by someone on the left. It just is. When was the last time you heard conservatives mocking the death of a progressive? Just think about it for a moment. When is the last time you heard a conservative, not just a Christian, but a conservative, or Christian and conservative, but when's the last time you heard someone like that, with that worldview, mocking the death of a progressive? I don't remember one either. Perhaps someone has, but I don't remember. I can't think of any time that I've heard public comments like is being made about the passing of Erickson and others. Sadly, the loss of this husband and father and political leader turns the light on just how far apart the radical left and the conservatives in our country are today. And indeed, we are a long way apart. Whether we can maintain some civility or not remains to be seen. But the politics is what is dividing us, but it is our beliefs that are at odds with one another. It's not really about Democrats and Republicans. I'm not speaking for anyone but myself, but I can tell you that the people on the right are mostly Republicans. The people that confess a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, evangelicals as we've come to call ourselves, I don't know how they can adapt and embrace the beliefs of the left. I am... I, I, I think deeply about these kinds of things and I cannot come up with an answer for my own well-being. As a pastor, as now on this radio program, I don't understand to those of you who have embraced the beliefs of the left and yet claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ how you can endorse and vote for people who advance homosexual so-called marriage and abortion on demand as birth control and on and on and on. I don't know how you can help elect people whom you know in advance is going to advance that kind of an agenda. I don't understand it. But I don't understand how anyone 
could mock the death of someone with whom they politically disagree. But the left is all in on that as we speak today. I don't have a lot of time left this morning, and we'll certainly continue this conversation tomorrow. As I said, I'll be live this week, and then I'm taking off next week just as a little break, and then we'll be back rested and ready to go first of the year on the first Monday of the new year. So I'll, I'll be off five days. We'll, we'll just run some reruns. I don't have a lot of time left today, but you are aware, and I may talk about this tomorrow. We'll see a little bit. But Senator Joe Manchin, he's a Democrat. He announced yesterday on Fox News Live that he will not be supporting and voting for President Biden's Build Back Better bill, that multi-trillion dollar lie that they've had out there. He said he can't do it. He said, I cannot go back to my constituents in West Virginia and explain to them why I voted for this. And the Democrats have come unglued at him. Jen Psaki, the um, secretary, press secretary for Joe Biden, she released a a statement yesterday as soon as he made the comment on Fox News. She just took him on. I mean, (laughs) she ripped him. She said, if his comments on Fox and written statement indicated an end to that effort, she said, we thought we were dealing with him in good faith. If, they, if, if his comments indicate an effort, they represent a sudden and inexplicable reversal in his position and a breach of his commitments to the president and the Senate's colleagues in the House and the, and the Senate. And she goes on and on. She said, I, you know, he's, he, she attacks his character. And she said, he's just not honest. And and then it goes downhill from there. So that is consistent with what we see in our world today. But we can be thankful that we have the political arena to attack these differences, even if it's gotten coarse and um, inappropriate. At least we're not where much of the world or some of the world is in disagreement. I noticed this press release that came out of Mozambique. It's a long country. It's about a thousand miles long. It's on the east, kind of the southern part of of, uh, of Africa on the east coast. I've spent time, I've built churches, started churches in Mozambique and uh, could tell you a lot of stories about the folks that live there. But nonetheless, um, I was there, in fact, the day that Portugal released them as a colony and they became their self-governing. Well, ISIS moved in, of course, uh, in following that event over the last several decades, and they've really embedded themselves in the country. ISIS extremists are now cutting off the heads of people who disagree with them in Mozambique. You say, well, that's on the other side of the world. Yeah, it is, but it's only a heartbeat away from human nature that is not saved and restored by the power of God. Just this last week, they cut off the head of a pastor who was preaching the gospel. They handed his head to the wife and forced her to carry the head to the police station and admit that he had broken the law. So we're not there yet, and we're not going to get there by the grace of God. So stand strong and be at peace. Because God is in control of all things all the time. And God is not going to allow this to go anywhere he does not allow it 
to go. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.